Welcome to Waiting Tables, the podcast about church logistics, helping your church overcome logistical hurdles, and freeing you to focus on your mission. Now, here's your host, Tim Hopper. Welcome to episode five of the Waiting Tables podcast. I'm here with a special guest, uh, Mr. Joe Gallant. Joe is a church communications consultant in the United Kingdom. He advises churches on communication strategy, social media, graphic design, website and blog strategy, event promotion, and more. As, uh, as those of you who have listened to the podcast know, these have been near and dear to waiting tables as we're getting started. And I'm, I'm interested in hearing Joe's perspective and hearing about his work and how he can help people. If you'd like to find out more about Joe, you can uh, check out his website at churchtrain.uk. And he has a church communications blog there that would be great to follow as you strive to learn more about these things and improve on them at your own church. Welcome, Joe. Hi. I appreciate you answering my uh, email coming from a stranger asking you to, to come be on my podcast. And Absolutely. You're, you're the first British guest, so that's a great honor, I, I hope. Uh, I'm, I am honored indeed. Uh, tell us, uh, what is what does church communications mean to you? Like, what, what do you think of when when you talk about that sure i mean that's um that's an obvious first question to ask and um and you think it'd be an easy one but um honestly it's i think that church communications is such a broad thing um i tend to include lots of things within the definition but but mainly i'd say anything any way that we try to pass a message from our church to someone in our audience um and that's obviously going to include, you know, channels like your your church website or social media, as I know you've thought about before on the podcast. Yep. Um, but it's also going to relate to to things which are completely not digital, like posters or flyers, um, or even um, the PowerPoint slides you show in your services. Um, uh, I know you've spoken before about the notice board. So really, um, and any way that we as a church are seeking to reach out to and communicate with people in our audience, I bring that under church communications. And it, it seems, you know, in a way, in a very real way, communications is fundamental to us as Christians and us as churches. You, you know, we, we sermons are an obvious thing that a sermon is yeah. communication, but even from the very beginning, uh, in the Bible, we have written word, right? And so that's a, a form of communication. For sure. Yeah. From the very beginning, people were trying to schedule a time to meet together, right? And so it requires <laughs> communications. It's, it's, and probably it's arguing very... over what time to meet as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a very uh, encompassing uh, thing. And uh, it's it's something that obviously as humans, we just communicate by our nature. But uh, mm. it's also something we can think about doing well and improving on, right? It's uh, just Just the way that we always naturally do it isn't necessarily the best way. That's it. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, communication in itself, as you say, it comes naturally to us. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll do it all the time throughout our day. Um, but that's not necessarily the same thing as communicating on behalf of a church or a business. Um, and, and it needs a bit more practical thought behind it. Um, yeah. to be intentional, I guess. Yeah. So uh, on that note, what motivated you to, uh, think about helping churches with their communication i think for me um it was mainly the the social media and the design side and those are things that i'm passionate about um i guess video as well my background is um is video production and 
I just saw a lot of churches who were trying but not doing very well. And it's not about being critical, but there were there are things I noticed they could be doing better. And and part of that was almost like a um like a language thing that I think with younger people especially, you grow up um using social media and, and it becomes like a language that you learn. And then, you know, your parents or your grandparents go on it. And there's just this awkward tension that that's not their first language. And there, there's some awkwardness there. Um, and sometimes the church can come across like that. Um, so, yeah, I realized that there were things which were almost second nature to, to me that I could share with, with churches and hopefully help them um, to do it well as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, having been involved with the social media for my own church, uh, it's hard. And and one of the wild things is it's just constantly changing, right? We're, yeah, our mediums are changing so much faster than ever before. Yeah, I uh, I read a blog post just this morning that was um it was called "Why Can't Marketers Have Nice Things," and uh, it was all about the fact that every new marketing trend is jumped on by people and we we use it to death and therefore it it changes and we have to keep up with that even if we're not responsible for it right in the uk do you have uh do you have churches that have like the letterboard signs outside where they put silly things on their signs (laughs) not not so much um you, you get some cheesy posters for sure but the the letterboard thing, I, I think that's more of a US thing. That's not quite made its way over here. I mean, some of them are just so laughably bad. Yeah. Um, and but in to the some person areas, who's put it there, that's a great idea, and they're they're doing that with you know sincerity, and it's maybe just yeah. not working in the way they think it is. Right. And then the the I don't I don't know if they're I guess newer churches they're probably not as common anymore. But I, I remember in my childhood. Um, I'm from the American South where churches are just on every corner and you drive around and you, <laughs> you see, uh, and they're just so bad. But now the, the social media has allowed us to do equally bad things, but to show them to the entire world, right? Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. <laughs> the audience is just bigger. So there's maybe uh, it's worth even thinking about uh, more carefully. Yeah. I mean, the audience is bigger and it's also a lot quicker and easier to do as well. It doesn't take someone, you know, a couple of hours to go out there and change that sign with a message which they thought up. You can just type something out and hit send and, you know, whatever ramifications may come from that, you're not necessarily thinking about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. Right? Yeah, so it's, definitely. It's easy so you can get it out there and it's easy so you can say really foolish or, or stupid or just unclear things even before yeah. you, you realize it. We just had a, a situation at my church a few weeks ago where uh, – one of our elders announced a event that was happening and left everyone in the the church confused about what was actually happening because <laughs> <laughs> just the it didn't come across the way he had it in his mind it didn't come across that's it that's so it we've been talking like how, how do we even just in the morning announcements how do we uh do that more clearly and yeah um, be articulate there yeah i mean so, that's that's Go just ahead. the the nature of communication, isn't it? Is that, that it's complex, um, yeah. And it really requires you know interaction from both you as if you like the originator of the message, but also the recipient as well. And you've you've got to try and see yourself in their shoes as to how the message is going to be taken, as well as you know how you're saying it. 
Right. And yeah, I, I think that's such an important point uh, in learning to communicate well, as, as I try to learn how to communicate well. Is yeah, you you can't just sit think what makes sense to me, but you really do have to be able to be empathetic and understand how it's going to be perceived and understood. I, I think one of the challenges with uh, particularly electronic communication is thinking about who our audience is can be quite hard, right? So yeah, if you hand out a bulletin in your church, you might expect you have some idea of who's going to actually see that and who your audience is focused to. But one of the things to think about with a church social media page, for example, is your audience, your congregation, or is your audience, your, your local community? Yeah, absolutely. Who may or may not be Christians or may or may not be in your church, or is it the whole world? And I know that's something you, you mentioned in your um, social media episode. Um, that obviously there's that distinction between within the church and, and not within the church. Um, and it may be that for some messages, there's going to be quite a large area of crossover that, you know, if you're doing a social event, you want to advertise it and inform the people in your church about what's going on as as much as you do to those that you, you want to invite to it from outside of the church. But then there's obviously times when there's more of an internal nature to the communications. If you're showing prayer requests or something like that, how might that come across to the public? Would you even want it shared with the public if it's these private things and yeah, it's hard to find a balance there and maybe use different tools for for different parts of your audience as well. Right. So uh, you you do you, you provide a service to churches where you help them uh, think through these things. And we've already answered this a little bit. But can you give us a little bit of your sales pitch? If if you're sitting down with a church and trying to suggest to them that they should they should think about having someone help them with their communications. Why? What's your uh, your best pitch that you think it's a valuable thing. Sure. As we've already said, that communications is absolutely integral to the gospel. It's integral to Christianity. You know, we, we have all heard about Jesus through someone else telling us um, in whatever form that is. So I think it's 100% essential that we communicate. Um, but then the question is, how do we do this? And I think for some people, there's there's this difficulty which creeps in when we start thinking about these digital tools, um, I don't think many Christians are going to argue that evangelism is a bad thing. But when we start throwing about words like Twitter and Snapchat, then it's hard for people to see, you know, the crossover between those things, which are very much the world, and then, you know, God's message for people. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I think that's often more about a resistance to change than than any theological issues, although they're often packed up as, you know, spiritual sounding arguments nonetheless. Um, but at the end of the day, we're called to spread the gospel. And in my mind, I believe that we should use whichever means we can um, to do this. Um, that obviously then requires knowing about all of the different methods which are out there. Um, and as you say, it's a really fast changing world um, in terms of communications, in terms of marketing and um you know, we, we have a bit of a responsibility to keep up with that so that we can try and communicate as best as possible to to different people. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you talk on your website uh, then about uh, three questions, which are really simple questions uh, around communications, uh, but I think are a really helpful uh, starting point. Those are, uh, what are you saying? What are they hearing? And how should you say it? You know, you look at that, you say, okay, yeah, that's all obvious, but 
uh, it seems that it really takes an effort to actually step back and think about that uh, as we're actually doing a particular communications project or uh, delivery. So yeah. can we talk through those a little bit? W- sure. what, what are we what are we asking? What are what are you saying? Yes, yeah, so as you say, the, these are basic questions to really get get people thinking and and to sort of prompt discussion. Um, but as you say, it, it's hard to take that time out as well. And it's it's one of those things that when you're really busy, you don't want to make time to sort of do these bigger picture tasks. But in the long run, it informs what you're doing. So right, we, we don't have time to stop and. Th- think what what are we saying we, we have to say something right exactly <laughs> exactly we have to hit send before someone else does or before people stop listening exactly it sounds so, silly but it, it that's so real yeah it is um so what are you saying um it's it's a common sense question that we need to think before we talk um so instead of just creating a bunch of text that we publish on our website for example we we need to just spend a little bit of time thinking about what we want to achieve so what message are we actually trying to get across to people in this instance? And then how does that fit into the larger vision of the church? And I think the vision as well as um, branding are two things which really link in with what I what I do with church communications. Um, and we haven't got too much time to go into the real details of that. But I think that your church vision and your brand make up who you are as a church and then inform all of the, the decisions you make over strategy. Um, yeah. so whilst, whilst you can go into, you know, minuscule detail when we're talking about brand guidelines or, or star guidelines, um, as you mentioned in your graphic design episode, I think a really easy way to think about this, what are you saying part is, does this message sound like our church? Um, and if yeah. not, you may need to, you may need to have a rethink about either what you're saying or how you're saying it. That's really helpful. Can you, to, to not, uh, take everything that all, all your uh, bags of tricks or to go for hours. Can you maybe give us a, a brief overview of what do you mean when you say vision and what do you mean when you say brand? Sure. I mean, churches can spend endless hours and hours going back over and, and revisiting their vision. And, and I know some people who do it, you know, every six months, but essentially what, you know, what is the big picture? What is the goal of your church? And that's not going to be a hundred percent different for every church because we have um you know things that the bible tells us that should be our priorities right. um but we're all going to have a different interest and a different heart um you know that might be based on your community and the types of people that you you know are going to interact with in your community but it's that driving force behind all that you do and it may be that you know every single tweet doesn't directly relate to that vision but I think that every every point that you put out on on your communications will indirectly it will be an outworking of that vision. Yeah, and I, I really think branding um, goes hand in hand with that. Um, so obviously your your brand as a church is bigger than just the branding of your your logo and your colours or even the just the style of voice that you use. Um, but those things do all link together to show your vision. And with branding, I, I like to use this idea of touch points that, that every time that an audience member interacts with your brand is a different touch point, a different chance for them to experience who you are as a church. I, I've been thinking about this idea of a brand and kind of style since talking to Matt on the last episode. 
Um, and I, I'd made the comment, you know, some people, w- Christians and church leaders would be hesitant to start talking in that language. Cause that's, that's very yeah. businessy language. That's really real. And, and Matt had particularly suggested, you know, as an organization, you should think about having a style guide. And, and that's not something we've done at my church. And I, I could see there being people pushing back against even the idea, like having a church yeah. style guide. And then what occurred to me is, uh, in some ways, we do have a style guide. And a lot of it is in my head. Yeah. I do a lot of the communications for my church. And so, you know, I try to communicate things in a particular way and, and format things in a particular way and, and present things in a particular way. Yeah. And at times I might say, no, I don't want this other person <laughs> to do this project because yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't do it. <laughs> my way which is effectively according to my style guide right sure so there may there may be some strength in putting that down on paper but at the same time it the fact that you've already got it in your head is a lot easier than if you're just approaching it from scratch and saying you know for for a complete style guide where do we go you've already got a voice right. at the church which is established you know right and i i guess my point is uh more broadly that in some sense everyone has a style guide yeah. Everyone has a brand. It's yes. are you doing it intentionally and are you trying to do it well or are you just <laughs> doing whatever? It's almost unavoidable yeah. in some ways. It, it, just as far as, you know, com- uh everyone is communicating whether or not we want to talk about yeah. Or we have a communications director yeah. or yeah. right. We're all communicating. And so with that we have a way and a and a voice and a and a style that we're acting with. Yeah, definitely. And and it's it's not the most important thing for a church, but when we're able, it's worth reflecting on and definitely and, because I, I think yeah. part of the resistance to to branding is that it's it's almost like we're trying to you know compete with other churches, um, right? But the reality is that everyone is competing in this in this world, and I'm not talking about trying to get someone to come to your church to win them over rather than going to the church down the road. I'm talking about getting them to come to your Facebook page as opposed to, you know, the next brand or the next Instagram product page. Um, and if our, our branding doesn't reflect the life, which is actually in our church, then people aren't going to pay attention. Uh, Perhaps it's a, it's a sad thing, but people are visual and especially, you know, in the digital age, they're very visual mediums. Yeah, I I can't think of much worse than you know churches who have this really relevant message, but people just aren't hearing it because they're not putting the time or effort into what are actually at the end of the day fairly simple things such as communications, branding, and vision. Yeah, but just need that time out to actually consider it and think about it. Going back to this this question of of what are you saying? Yeah. Say you're, you haven't thought before about your vision and branding and how that ref, reflects on your communications. What are some first steps a church can take to think about what are they saying as they communicate? Yeah, and this is something that, um, that I often do as part of the workshops um, that I do with churches. And that's just to, to think about, again, not going back to that idea of competition, but what makes your church different from the church down the road? Right. Um, not to not to try and you know win them over or get one over them, but these are things which define your church congregation, and they're often going to be things which are actually really attractive to the world. Um, 
you're going to have you know family values or you're going to really care for um the youth or the elderly and and these are things which are really appealing um so it's not about you know creating a vision from scratch as we said with the style guide it's about looking at what you're doing and who you are and just getting that down into you know some bullet points or just half a page of text or something because i think that will really help you to then make those further decisions that we can go on to talk about when you've got this identity that you're rooted in. And that's, that's hard work. I, I, you know, it's not a half a page of text sounds easy, but once you start to sit down and really think about that, that yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. It's, it's good to do it with other people. It's good to get, you know, people from different um, demographics, if you like different ages into the room to talk about what the church means to them and to compare and contrast yeah, but then ultimately the vision is set by the leadership of the church as well, right? Um, so, so it's down to them to combine it onto a piece of paper, right? <laughs> so your first question is, what are you saying? And then the second is, what are they hearing? And why are those different? I mean, isn't what you're trying to say what people always hear? You'd hope, wouldn't you? <laughs> it would be nice. Um, I think for me, this goes right back to that idea of um, putting yourself in your audience's shoes. Um, and I think there are two levels here as well. So first of all, are they actually hearing your message? Um, if you're not using the right methods of communication, then they might not be hearing it or reading it at all. Um, so if you have a lot of young people and families using Instagram, for example, consider, is this really the best channel to use when you're advertising your elderly people's ministry? Right. Um, probably not. Um, whereas on the other hand, Facebook might be, um, as, as you talked about on a previous episode, that um, that's the, the fastest growing demographic on Facebook uh, right. is, is the older people. So that might be great for, for reaching them and then maybe consider some print publicity as well for those who aren't online. Um, yeah. So that's about you know using the right channel so that they can hear it full stop. But then secondly, if the message does actually reach them, get through to them, are you doing all that you can to ensure that that they're not misunderstanding what you're saying or that they're not getting the wrong impression of who you are um, going back to that vision? Um, And, and I think that relates, it can go both ways, but it relates to integrity and, and not trying to come across as something you're not, but also not going the other way and not coming across as something that you are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Our, uh, I was just saying to our pastor the other day that uh, I, I do a lot of the sending out email announcements and things for our church, and and sometimes instead of sending, people will send something to me that they want to go out to the church, and instead of a particular email that is just copy and paste, they just give me the general idea. This is what I want to say. Yeah, and uh, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and actually turning that into the into the email that we're sending out. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, not to just scare people off from all this, but um, th- this is also hard work, right? <laughs> Thinking about what people are hearing. Yeah. Really just takes stepping back and, and thinking through and not, not just <laughs> type out the first thing that comes to mind and press the send button. Yeah. And it, you know, it does take effort, but it pays off as well. Because yeah. you can see if the messages are getting through to people, then you want to see more bums on seats. <laughs> you want yep. to see more people coming to know Christ at the end of the day. Yeah. 
And I think in the that that's the the end goal. And in a shorter term, I, I was sharing with my pastor also my, a theory that um, as you as you communicate well, you have this snowball effect where you really have people more engaged in what you're communicating because they have the expectation that you're going to communicate well. Yeah. So if they've if they've been able to take in and process and benefit from what they're hearing from you, they're going to continue to expect that. Yeah. Whereas you can, I, I think you can set a, a negative pattern where if you're confusing and overly wordy and you use terrible fonts or all these different things, then you're setting an expectation that <laughs> this is not something I'm going to spend my time on. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's, there's a comparison there in two ways that you can compare yourself to, you know, the other brands that they're interacting with on, on social media on a day-to-day basis. And if you're the one who is coming across as, as boring or as unprofessional, then that's going to show up. But then also, if you as a church are, are doing a good job um, and are spending some time and effort on this, then that's probably going to be quite different to their expectation of how a church usually sounds. Um, you know, it, it's like not to bring sort of style too much into it, but it's like if you've been brought up in a very, very traditional church and then you suddenly go into the most charismatic sort of rock concert like church and completely blows your expectations away. Now, whether one is right or wrong or different from, from the other one, you're going to pay a lot more attention if it's different from what your expectations were. Yeah. So you can really have a positive effect by doing that, I think. Hmm. That's interesting. Your third question then is how should you say it? What are you getting at by that question? Yeah. So it's, it's not so much how, how should you say it in terms of what words you're using. Um, I think that was covered in the previous point that we talked about, but yep. it's more how should you go about doing it? Um, and, and it's actually something I'm, I'm passionate about um, because we have limited resources as, as churches a lot of the time. So we really need to think carefully about how we spend our time, how we spend our money, and and actually our people as well. And we need to be really careful not to overburden our staff and volunteers, not to overwork them, because we've got a responsibility to them. And so bringing this back into our communications, we can have everything right in terms of our content strategy. We're using the right channels. um, We're contacting the right people with the right messages. But if we haven't spent time thinking about how to how to do this in the most efficient way, then it's probably not going to be sustainable for the long term. And if it is, it may be that we're actually crushing the volunteers that we've tasked right. um, to do this. Um, so this is all about using the right tools so that we can manage these processes so that we've got um, plans in place, whether that's um, delegating that to different people or whether it's different um, software that can make our lives easier with scheduling or just organization and task management, things like that. Um, but I think it comes down to stewarding our resources wisely. Um, and a, a huge part, which, which I'd love to, you know, spend days talking about is just focus and prioritizing and realizing that we may not be able to do everything, yep. um, that we'll have to choose which areas to focus on. But personally, I'd, I'd much rather have a couple of areas done really well that are reaching people effectively than have loads and loads of like a scattergun effect of different right. social networks and everything that, yep. that aren't doing their job. 
Yeah, I think that's really wise. So you provide a uh, training services to churches in, in the United Kingdom. Do you, can you tell us a little bit more about how that works and, and what you provide? Yeah, so I, I usually go and spend um, three or four hours um, with, with a group that might be the staff team uh, or it might be um, the the volunteers who are involved with the communications. Um, and we just we just think through these questions and we think through what does it look like to you know have our vision on a piece of paper and then how does that inform everything else that we do? Um, we think about the, the problem areas of their their current communications processes, um, which you know, and sometimes they they may not even up to that point have recognised they have communications processes because that right. might just be someone sends out an email every week and someone else um, puts together the you know the bulletin the news sheet to hand out on right. Sunday. Um, but we look at the the points there which which may be taking up time, maybe taking up um, you know people's efforts but aren't necessarily having a huge effect and try and focus, try and prioritize. Um, yeah. So it's good fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you, do you do follow-ups or something that I do um, as a matter of course is just, you know, catch up and find out how it's going and then stay in touch and, and, and hopefully offer any other useful advice, but also gather feedback from what's working for them that I can pass on to other churches and, and, and share with them as well. Right. Yeah. And that, that's one of the motivations for this podcast, as I've mentioned before, is um, so many of these issues transcend our denominational distinctives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to where uh, I, I feel like in my own church, I'm often reinventing the wheel. <laughs> I just, I've wanted other people who I can go and ask questions about these kind of things. How are you doing this? What have you thought yeah, about for this? Yeah. And even if it if the application doesn't look a hundred percent the same in our different contexts or countries or denominations, I think there are just a lot of common foundations. Yeah, definitely. I've got a um, a page on the site. Uh, if you go to churchtrain.uk forward slash resources, then there's some links to other people who are, are saying um, helpful things with communication. Um, and I've been careful to include not just Christian resources as well. Because there's a lot of stuff we can learn. Um, I, th I think um, your guest before talking about graphic design talked about keeping an eye on the pros. Um, that's not just relevant for you know the current design trends, but the current communication trends as well. To see what's changing, what are people doing well, what are people recommending. Um, and so, yeah, churchtrain.uk forward slash resources has some links there. And I definitely need to be adding this podcast to the to the list as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll link to that at, at waiting-tables.com. I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit because I didn't uh, put this on my outline that I sent to you, but are there any books on church communications that you find particularly valuable? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a book um, which I believe is published by um, Church Marketing Sucks, but don't quote me on that because I might be wrong. Um, they're, they're a great um, resource as well. Um, and, and the book is called Unwelcome. And that's, that's not just about... Um, you know, online communications, a lot of it is about um, whether people are feeling welcomed as they come in through the door. But I think a lot of it carries carries over with the online and the offline um, worlds merging there. Um, yeah. And another book as well, which, which isn't at all specific to churches, but I've found really helpful for just thinking about branding and communications in a different way. Um, it's called Brand Thinking. 
and and that's um it's put together by debbie millman um who who runs um uh design matters is is a is a twitter chat um but it's it's interviews with all of these marketing and branding and design experts and it's absolutely fascinating um but can really just help you think about communicating in a different way on a deeper level that's great and uh another i'm just bringing them out of left field for you now but uh (laughs) do you know of anyone doing similar work to what you're doing in the states that uh, is offering a similar kind of service i i don't know about the in-person stuff and the workshops um, I'm sure that there there are people. One name that springs to mind um, as someone who who writes stuff um, and also um, manages a Facebook group as well, which is really helpful, is Katie Allred, um, and and I'm sure I can give you a link to put that up on the on the show page. Um, and and she manages a Facebook group um, which I think is just called Church Communications. But it's, okay. it's really a, a forum for people to share ideas and ask questions, and and it, it's quite active. Um, so that would be a really useful place. Um, and I know there there are a couple of events in the US as well, um, uh, conference type events around around this. Um, one one of them being um, that church conference, which I think okay. is fairly new. I think it's maybe um, only taken place once or twice. Um, but that's run by Justin Dean, who used to be, um, I think he was head of PR at Mars Hill. Um, okay. So that's worth taking a look at as well. Yeah. Very good. That, those are all news to me. So that's that's really helpful information. One last uh, surprise question here for you. <laughs> we talked about the social media and technology space changing so fast. Are there trends or things that you see coming up in the in the future uh, that you're keeping an eye on that you know, we've talked a lot uh, here about Twitter and Facebook uh, as big social networks, but are, are there yeah. other things that? I mean, uh, it's it's not massively new, but the thing that everyone's talking about is video. Obviously, you can do that a lot easier these days um, than than you used to be able to. It, it maybe goes back to that, you know, marketers aren't allowed nice things um, because it's going to be overused and eventually it won't be effective, but. At the same time, if video is effective at the moment and you can produce it fairly easily, then that's worth doing. Um, and one thing we've um, we've started doing recently, um, so so we live stream our sermons and have done for quite a while, um, but we've just started using Facebook Live at some of our other community events, so beach baptisms, and we had a you know fun day, um, and using facebook and twitter or whoever it is you're using using their own tools rather than going through like youtube and embedding it um will get much more reach on the networks um doing it natively because they want to promote their own tools um the the other thing which which is getting bigger is is messaging and message bots and obviously you can spend loads and loads of time on that but i think that the key thing to learn from that is that one-to-one communication is really valuable I've found in the past that whilst it takes quite a bit of effort, and maybe that's an understatement, um, it's really worth taking the time where you can to just message people individually. Even if even if that's a fairly templated message, just changing it so it's relevant to the person that you're that you're talking to um, can have a really big impact. Um, I've got one one blog post on Church Train, which is something about. Um, stop failing at facebook events um that it's it's great to have an event page on your facebook as as you've mentioned before um 
But if it only has two people who have clicked attending on it, then it right. looks as if only two people are coming, right? Right. <laughs> so um, a great way to get around that is for those people within the church that you know are going to be coming, just to remind them of that and then directly ask them, go and click attending. And if they do that, that makes a big difference to the people that you're not able to then message directly as well. Right. Um, yes. But at the end of the day, communication is a two-way thing. And and we want to be hearing from people as well as just, you know, we don't right. want to be just shouting at them. Yeah, absolutely. That's really helpful. I, I, uh, I'm really glad you're thinking about these things. And um, I'm glad you mentioned video. That's something I would like to... Uh, talk about more on waiting tables in the future. It, it's something I've uh, gotten into a little bit in our own church, and it's it's easier than ever and cheaper than ever, but it is still hard to do well. Yeah, definitely. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll have uh, hopefully more content on that in the future. And if anyone is hearing this and would like to come on and talk about it, you can send me an email at tim at waiting tables dot com. Uh, Joe, unless you have any final words, I will uh, wrap it up with you. Anything more you'd like to add? I think just to reemphasize that thing of listening to your people um, and, and maybe just as a really practical point to, to finish on, um, it's just doing a bit of a, a review. Um, it's, it's an easy first step to just have a simple questionnaire that you ask people within your church and maybe within the community of, you know, what are they hearing from the church what um what channels are they hearing it on which ones are they using you know are they members of facebook twitter instagram snapchat which ones do they want you to actually contact them on um and that can hopefully really help you to make those decisions about how to reach them as well yeah that is really wise i appreciate you coming on uh, again this is joe gallant with churchtrain.uk which is c h u r c h t r a i n.uk and you can uh Go there to contact Joe and if you're in the UK and would like to schedule a training with him. And he also has an active blog on there where you can uh, read his reflections on church communications and sign up uh, for his email tips. Joe, thank you so much for coming on Waiting Tables. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This is the Waiting Tables podcast. You can find out more at waiting-tables.com. 